0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host Nathan Sano, joined as always by the Penguin to my scarecrow, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I feel as though I need a magnum umbrella for my magnum head. And our very own Riddler.
1: (laughs) That's right, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Of all the Riddlers, until I see the new Batman's, Frank Gorshin is still the standby for Riddler. Riddle me this, Batman. What color (laughs)
0: is an orange? Hey, Batman, the city is in danger. What has to be broken before you can use it?
2: You may be wondering when the bomb's going to go off and kill all the school children, but first you should figure out what has a face with no eyes?
0: What month of the year has 28 days? (laughs) Not February, it's all of them. (laughs) Like, it's just like the. That's Adam West would be like, true, Rhythm. And that's why I did this. (laughs) <laughs> it's like so it's so so uh so crazy all right so uh yeah the we're gonna start off there was the big seahawks news this week was chuck armstrong went onto to softies radio show on sports radio kjr and did a pretty long interview and brought some really uh interesting off-season information uh to light so first uh there'll be big giant new video boards in the north end of the stadium over by the seahawks nest they'll be replacing those the ones in the corner uh those uh, those aren't really video boards they have like stats on them right they have like i don't know i can never see them because i only ever sit in the Hawks nest oh yeah it's it's, I, <laughs> I, I, it's literally I, so, in my blind spot <laughs> i sit in the so that's funny because my my sounders tickets are on the other end so like that's why I, i've seen that way even though i do sit adjacent to the Hawks nest for the Seahawks they um the yeah the this there's they got like yards and stuff on them i think so they're gonna place those with state-of-the-art video boards that'll be pretty cool yeah second thing is uh, Chuck said that we needed to restore home field advantage. So I'm going to start with you, Eric. Do you feel like the home field advantage for the Seahawks has uh, gone away? And what do you think the reason for that uh, could be? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the,
1: the home field has definitely suffered in the, in the most recent history. I mean, uh, you might have the year by year stats, but I, I want to say in the last, you know, five, six years, we haven't been very good at home. I think, uh, quick stat, it looks like 24 and 16 at home between uh 2017 and 2022 um that's yeah. a that's a pretty bad record for um being at home especially especially,
0: especially, especially compared especially compared to the, the the peak legion of boom was like unstoppable at home and maybe it's that the 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 crowd helps defense more you know helps them uh, messes up the opposing teams uh there's, snap there's that up. but
1: also i mean let's let's face it good teams win more and you can go back to the homegrown years when we were we had that four-year period where we were Approaching the Super Bowl and out of the Super Bowl. Those teams are still really good at home. No more than two losses, I want to say, because I had season tickets then. Uh, and I thought it was just me
0: going to games. OK, so so, um, so the next thing is Arnold's. So Kevin I'm coming to you Arnold said coming out of the pandemic we've got to reimagine the guest experience a little bit we've got to figure out what it's like to continue that home field advantage how can we make sure that we are exceeding the 12's expectations every time they come to Lumen Field Lumen Field sorry We're not losing field. (laughs) We are also, we also (laughs) also are learning how to communicate with the 12s outside of the game day. This business is not just a Sunday business anymore. It's 365 days a year. So obviously like that's corporate speak, but Kevin, is there really anything that the, the, um, they can do or is there anything, Eric, maybe, is there anything that they can actually do to, to, uh, to fix the home field advantage? Like what, like they're talking about game day experience and all that stuff. Like that's, that doesn't matter, right? There's really nothing they can do. Well, I mean, it's it sucks because you have, a you have, like you said, a lot of corporate speak.
1: And this is no longer a game day experience. It's a whole year experience. We all know that. Everyone does social media now. I mean, it's if you are just, ke- just catching on to this, Chuck, then you, you got some problems. But ultimately, I think the fans <laughs> care mostly about winning. And yeah. when they're not winning or we don't have anything to root for, um you know russell wilson being out it's really hard to they, up for a game
0: right they make it t- they make it tough like they're and yeah i don't think like having better food stands or like better customer service is going to make the the fans cheered harder That's or something like <laughs> it's, would you agree with that kevin you know something <laughs> that would help with that
2: is um if they make it so that it's easier for people who are actually fans of the team to
0: go yeah, that's true. Yeah, Making it more affordable, cheaper. Um,
2: making it more uh, affordable, making it um, an easier ingress and egress to uh the mass transit. Like, if you look, the light rail is packed every single time mm-hmm. to and from. And that's grabbing local fans to be able to go to the stadium. You're already spending a bunch of money on tickets. So, and they want and, you know, you're going to spend some money on food and everything. Uh, I feel like making the transit situation even a little more streamlined and smooth would be another way of increasing the number of local fans like make it easy for people who are local and root for the team to go to games
0: and root for the team yeah and it's, it's 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 yeah they could do stuff like yeah, you know park and ride it's expanded bus service for specifically for game day stuff like that that would just make it easier for people to go okay um chuck chuck had a lot more stuff though he didn't stop there Okay, another Ring of Honor ad in 2022. So, okay, let's uh, start with you. We're going to make a prediction. We're all going to make a prediction. He gave like no hints, less than no hints. I'm going to read off the names in the Ring Mm -hmm. of Honor to remind everyone kind of who's already in there. We did did put two people in last year, uh, which they would have been like my top two candidates prior to last year. So that's uh, Dave Brown is in, uh, Kenny Easley, Jacob Green, Pete Gross, Matt Hasselbeck, Mike Holmgren, Walter Jones, Cortez Kennedy, Chuck Knox, Dave Craig, Steve Largent, Kurt Warner, Jim Zorn, and Paul Allen. Okay, that's the Ring of Honor as it stands right now. So Eric, do you have a prediction who will the next member of the Seahawks Ring of Honor be? Okay, I we may all pick the same person.
1: I'm thinking it's gonna be Cam. I think Cam gets in okay. right now. This is the time. Russell Wilson's still on the team. Cam is recently retired. He's definitely not coming back. He was the one member of the Ring of Honor, um, of the I'm sorry, the Legion of Boom, that didn't screw things up. You know, he didn't he didn't flip off the coach. He didn't, uh, you know, have this uh, truculent attitude of uh, I'm better than everyone else and everyone sucks and I'm always right. And he didn't kill anyone. So, oh, no, uh, you know, a, just and I'm just pretty, throwing, yeah, I'm just throwing some things out that you can you can uh, mix and match with certain players on your board. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Cam. I'm not gonna go with Steve Hutchinson. I would I would not like that very much. So I'm going with Cam for that reason.
0: Okay, Kevin, do you have a prediction? Who goes into the Ring of Honor this year? I think there's like three. Is Sean
2: Alexander not in there?
0: Correct. That's yeah, that, is my, that is my. That is my. I was
2: down to Cam or Sean Alexander as being the two because I feel like those are two um, clearly retired players who I uh, both had. Um, massive uh, influence on the franchise. And we already have big Walton, uh, Holmgren and Hasselbeck went in. I feel like Alexander's the next guy that you need to have in to really, um, to really encapsulate that era of Seahawks football and what it was about.
0: Yeah. I like that I think, pick Kevin. I think Sean Alexander who I was going to pick as well. Um, I think that that is a, a fantastic choice. Uh, you, one thing, one, if you want to go, uh, really kind of offbeat, like if you want to pick someone that's, that's not in now, but like, uh, Norm Johnson, kind of make, give give me the Norm Johnson pitch. Uh, Eric, give me the Norm Johnson pitch. Why do you put Norm Johnson in?
1: He kicked for us for like 19 or 47 years. Um, he kicked for a long time. Uh, my brother worked at a tire shop once and changed his tires,
0: said he was a nice guy.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's Ring of Honor material.
0: Uh, I think if you offbeat choice, you could go Eugene Robinson. Went an all pro in the uniform. Uh, was really good uh, in the in the 80, late 80s and early 90s. But I he think Cortez that, Kennedy were like the, the stars of the defense. Yeah, that was like that was a really good defense. And they were like the heart of it for sure.
2: If only the offense um, wasn't awful.
0: Do the Do the Do the cool thing. Put Bobby Wagner in as an active player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i love it
0: uh no i think i think it's it's yeah it's sean alexander's the f- the first choice for me cam would be second uh,
2: i think cliff then would be the third other one, third I is
0: th- you could put earl thomas and richard sherman in like that's those are legitimate options i think as well
2: richard sherman might stay uh, with
0: another team though and i don't think you can put him in
2: you know uh while he's still theoretically an active nfl player
0: yeah, that's the thing. They, they both have to officially retire. Same with KJ. KJ's probably going to make it there someday. Doug Baldwin, maybe too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I guess is where, where I'm at with that. So, okay, that's uh, that makes sense. That then next thing, no throwback uniforms, Eric.
1: I saw, I was I was wondering why we haven't just dedicated a special episode to this terrible sentence i read online this week so they, uh, that's they allowed
2: eric's uh, patreon exclusive off-season episode is just him being very upset about that
1: so did you hear his reason for why they're not going to do it i i read it's on a radar, but it's just not ready yet which i'm like
0: yeah, it's the color you just color you, they, it, they need time to design and produce the, the the uniforms okay here's the thing that annoys me okay is that they knew second helmet was coming in 2022 right it's been it's been on the docket for so long. We've been talking about it for like multiple years. We know second helmet is coming. Why do you not already have the design in the holster ready to go so you can you so you can bust it out? It's just so stupid to me that it's not hard at
1: all. They even here's the thing. They have the design from when they changed over to the new to the new design. You can go old design or you can go new design with the with a silver helmet, which they have
0: both designs. Silver helmet, blue shirt, silver pants. It's not that the complex, end, right? The end. That's, That was our jerseys from like 1975 to 2002. I would appreciate so it.
2: What I am hearing, gentlemen, is to improve the fan experience, they can get off their duff
1: and friggin' make
2: these uniforms. Yeah, give us what they want. <laughs> give us what we want. We got some feedback got for you, Chucky. People. Some people
1: want full throwbacks. I don't want to see that Seahawk that is ready to get its ass kicked. I, I always hated <laughs> that logo. And when the new one came in, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful update to what we've already had. It still keeps the indigenous look to it, but the Seahawk is angry. And it's not like, you know, it's not like what the Falcons did where they're like, yeah we're going to make it a more stylized F and not look like a bird.
0: It's, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. All right. Then the last big thing, Seahawks might play a home game in Germany. Uh, Nine. So the, uh, the Germany is the new international home market for Tampa Bay and Carolina which means they will like, alternate years playing one home game in Germany. Um, Tampa Bay and Seahawks is – this year we play the Bucks. Um wow. So at, in, in Tampa Bay, and they have not heard anything yet, but it's possible, right? They, it could, could be the home game in Munich. That would be super cool, I think. Seahawks played in London in 2018. We kicked the crap out of the Raiders in Wembley Stadium. It was awesome. Uh, it'd be cool for our German and European fans to be able to see a, a Seahawks game, right? That would. And now that there's an extra game every season, one game traveling
2: doesn't feel as bad because you can still I, get a reasonable number of home games.
0: I honestly think we're heading towards every team having something like this. Where I agree. you're, you're going to lose. Mexico you're going to lose City. that. You're going to lose that extra game, so you're going to have eight home, eight away, and one international game Ooh, so are we and gonna mo- be every team's gonna have japan that. australia
1: and i think that that's just super unlikely so this is a
0: situation that's a nice nice compromise. alternative yeah yeah and then the seahawks will play like one game a year in tokyo or something it's like, that's like the long-term eventual thing it's that's like, when ichiro comes to play for this are we or are the Se- maybe the seahawks alternate games will be in hawaii or something and it, it, it'll be Cause I think, I think there's lots of potential for the teams on the West coast to go a different direction than all the, all the East coast teams will probably be in Europe. Then, you know, our teams, the West coast teams will be, you know, South America, Central America, maybe, uh, could be Australia. Australia and Japan are really far is the problem. Yeah. Right. So it's a huge commitment to play a game over there in terms of flight time. And so I, I don't. I don't know if uh Hawaii might be a nice compromise. It's kind of in the middle. You know what you not... could see that would be interesting would be if it was like a preseason game. So the first
2: preseason game the same week as the Hall of Fame game, you put in Australia.
0: Yeah. I know that, that there are happen. people on our Discord who would be very excited about that. That'd be awesome. Um so so <laughs> all right. Fact. Uh let's go let's and then uh, I think that's it. That was the basics, you know, he said that the team's financials are strong that they did great job with the uh, renewal rate they've had their 154th consecutive sellout they're selling tons of merch they the season ticket holders uh were strong again we only cycled like 600 state of the organization's good i think that those are all really positive signs as we move into a new era of kind of um the C- Seahawks with all new defensive coaches, you know, and then we've got the new OC from last year who kind of felt like the last couple games was really coming into his own. I don't know. I feel like the, the arrow is pointing uh, up for the Seahawks. I agree. Now, Mike, Might be a
1: good time to bring in some
0: alternate helmets. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what I did, you guys, is I, I went on Twitter. Okay. This this segment is uh, called Russell Wilson watch. And, and the reason I made it is because, it's uh, it's less about Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. Okay, let's just start with that. But it's more just to see what people are saying. Okay, so uh, you know February twentieth, the Eagles tweet the Eagles uh, Pro Football Focus account tweets out who should be the starting quarterback for the Eagles day one of next season. Retweet for Jalen Hurts, like for Russell Wilson. Oh my gosh, is that tampering? Um, it's uh. It's tampering with my heart. You want to hear some to hear some of the funniest comments on it? I, was like, I Nathan, it. Nathan that'd be
2: like uh, uh, if your school district sent out, how much would you like to get paid next year? Retweet for $250,000 <laughs> <laughs> or like for the same amount of money you're making.
0: Jalen, this debate is nonsense. Three first-round picks could build a solid foundation for the future of this team. Even if you package two or one to get higher in the draft, it's better than trading for a 30-plus-year-old quarterback. Ooh. From from Josh from Love Brother Jones, folks act like Jalen didn't have a good season, and he's 23. Why we up assets that we desperately need for a 33 year old Russell Wilson? At Jay Smith, 33. Why do we want an aging Russell Wilson? Jalen has plenty of potential. Give him weapons and opportunities. This guy said, if we can get Russ for no more than a late second rounder, then that's good. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I agree. Uh, okay, so uh, you're if- telling me maybe
1: the Eagles' uh, social media is really smart and pumping Jalen Hurts.
0: Okay, Michael Pevio TVS says if the Colts owner Jim Ursay is pounding the table for Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson GM Chris Ballard needs to get it done. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Get it done. And then he says, Think someone asked fifty fan. What what package could the Colts even put together to get it done? <laughs> this is the package. You ready? Carson Wentz. Bad start. <laughs> really bad start. start. Okay. Started. So what are they giving us in order for us to take on Carson Wentz? Ke- uh, Kelly, who's their center, who is good. Yeah. But 2023 first, 2024 first, and a third thrown in.
2: <laughs> so, when all else fails, a, failed, to add a third. To get rid of Jared Goff, they had to include like an extra first round pick. So, we're getting a first, a third, and a center for Russell Wilson.
0: <laughs> You're, okay. 20 hours. Get it hours done, stuff. Kevin. As Rogers' consolation, Broncos explored, reportedly would explore Russell Wilson trade. Wow. Okay. Uh, then the console and then the top comment is consolation. He's better than Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> 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 which I think which I think is awesome. So okay. So you want the okay? So you know all these fans, the Eagles, the the. The uh, um, Broncos, the Eagles fans, the Broncos fans, the Colts fans. There's some level of delusional, but the most delusional is the Saints fans. Oh, absolutely! The Saints fans are the most delusional. They are. They think they already have him. They are so confident um, that they are going to get Russell Wilson. They just, they just. I don't know. Like the people are. People are. Oh, and then I saw a really good Commanders one. Washington Commanders uh so people are like people are blowing up this guy's comments like why would he ever go to the commanders so then he put a comment the pitch ron rivera could make is good offensive line great weapons on offense great d very winnable division (laughs) great (laughs) great opportunity for leading our fresh start (laughs) what i like how his pitch is he convincing russell wilson how are you going to convince the seahawks to ever give you russell wilson like that's this that's whole discussion
1: is all about people and saying, then, well, Russell, Russell wants to leave and Russell can just leave. And he has options. He's on a contract. He has no
0: options. That's the top response to this tweet from an Eagles fan. It says the stadium's a dump. The owner is horrible. No one wants to live in DC. <laughs> that's yes. his response to, 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 and they were 27th out and of 30 Eagles fans know something were,
2: about a dump stadium.
0: Oh yeah. They know their, their stadium had a jail in it. Yeah. This guy <laughs> says this guy, uh, at extend McLaurin says next time Russell Wilson steps on a football field for a televised game, it will be in a Washington commanders Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) So whose Jersey is he wearing to a preseason game? I don't know. It's I I'm telling you, these, these fans are delusional. Like they just, they're trying to like, will, will it into existence. And I mean, like there's straight up people that just are tweeting like, welcome to the new Orleans saints at dangerous Wilson, like every day. (laughs) Stuff like that.
2: If you want to know where to look yeah. to see whether or not Russell Wilson is likely to be traded, look at the Vegas odds, and the Vegas odds are consistently saying you're getting you're will... getting plus odds for any other team, and significant plus odds in most cases, and you're getting minus money for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, it's that like mine, it. anyone offering under like minus two fifty for C, for Seahawks, you should bet. You should bet it for sure because that is just f- free free money there's there's no no trade demands there's no nothing of that he just like they one year ago we went through the same thing it's like they, Except they, people, last
2: year there was at least a little smoke. There's literally no smoke right
0: now. I mean, no. bet bet online to bet on this. It's Russell Wilson's next team, and you can bet it. And then there's they won't even list Seahawks on there. They they worded it. <laughs> they worded it in such a way that because that's Russell Wilson's next team, not like what not what team does he start for uh, next year. So like this bet could pay off in like six years or whatever. Yeah. But man, it's a uh, people are people are wilding out. If
2: if that's that a- if that bet. Had a plus one hundred odds on retirement. I would take that all day.
0: <laughs> over his, over his, uh, his
2: next team will be retirement.
0: All right. So in uh, last week, speaking of Russell Wilson, you guys both decided to extend Russell Wilson to to give him a, a lower, a higher amount of guarantees, a slightly lower uh, total cap number to get clear some cap for next year. Lower lower our uh, his cap hit by by fifteen million. Give us some nice cap room to work with. Uh, Eric, you left uh, You left cuts and resigns with $24 million. Eric or Kevin, you have $35 million to goof around with. Uh, Quandre Diggs was both re-signed by you guys. They, there is a lot of smoke there now. The team, it seems like it's putting a real effort into re-signing Quandre Diggs. So that seems like it's going to happen now. Or there's at least momentum in that direction. I think it was Corbin Smith was the first I saw reporting that. So that's that's pretty awesome. So, okay. Looking at our depth chart, okay. You guys both let Dwayne Brown go. Uh, you both let Ethan postage go. So an obvious huge hole for y'all is um is offensive line. Yep. So I thought we'd take a look first at the offensive line, uh, the free agents available, and uh, kind of see if anything there uh, tickles your pickle. Okay. So <laughs> so here we go. Got a little trick riddler in that one there. <laughs> no, I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about the word pickle a lot because in Elden Ring, one of the words you can use because they have like these these stock, uh, stock phrase creator thing that you can put and you put the you put you put a fra- you put a phrase down and one of the words you can use is pickle. But I think they mean it like oh I'm in a pickle like I'm thing. But like my friend Chris keeps putting
1: <laughs> putting <laughs> little messages. Right.
0: Putting a little message on the ground that's like, I could spend extra time here with pickle. And then people and what happens is if people upvote it, you get healed. So he's just getting upvoted all the time for all these pickle jokes he put everywhere. <laughs> Cause people are like, That's funny. <laughs> that's the worst. I love it. Anyway. Okay. All right. We shall so, move
2: forward. We will get out of this pickle and into a right.
0: transition towards left tackle and center. At the top of the at the top of the position next year, coming out. Uh, we've got Teron Armstead at age 30. He'll be going into his age 31 next. He'll be turning 31 next year uh, during next season. He's at three years, $20 million per year, according to PFF. I'm going to use their numbers, even though I strongly disagree with this one. I do not think there's any way that his AAV is under 25, but I will just, I'll just just allow it. If Eric wants to blow his whole free agency wad <laughs> on Teron Armstead for $20 million, he can The other high-end option is 20, 26-year-old Orlando Brown Jr., getting 525 105 21 million a year that sounds about right to me um he's not as good as Teron armstead but he is younger and he is going to command quite a lot of guarantees because he plays pretty consistently uh dependably and uh uses his length really well he's a really good pass and he doesn't miss games ever no yeah he's just he's he's really consistent he's consistently he's a consistent b plus and that's like and he can play both tackle positions as well mm-hmm. so if you have a guy that you need to play on the left he could play on the right if you have a guy you want to play on the right you could play around on the left you he's not um he's he's position flexible he's not uh, stuck on the left or stuck on the right like a lot of guys like Dwayne Brown Dwayne Brown ain't moving to right tackle yeah nope <laughs> he's he is a left tackle Tron Armstead's probably a left tackle too like He's probably not going to be playing right tackle for you. Okay, so do either of those guys interest you, or do we need to move on to the uh, the more affordable options here for our tackle depth? Uh, I, I think we
1: need a lot of work here, so I'm saying move on.
2: Uh, I am dropping $20 million on oh. whichever one will take it. I'd prefer to give that $20 to Brown, but I will give that $20 to Armstead instead if necessary.
0: All right, so you're giving Taron Armstead three sixty. dollars So I'm going to write that in the spreadsheet. Kevin, you're down to $15 million. Eric, you hold up. Uh, 20. it's a lot of guarantees for a guy with a rich injury history and uh because he this says 44 million in guarantees so i mean you're basically saying the first two years are completely guaranteed yep. uh it's a lot of guarantee money to give a guy at his age but i think this is the after watching what happened with Trent williams a player who is just as injury prone a player who um is probably slightly better but the contract he got there's no way armstead's not getting 25. But I said I would give it to you for the PFF price, so I'm going to do it. I'm a man of my word. So here's the thing. If I'm going
2: out for <laughs> Teron Armstead, then I also need to go spend a little bit of money. Um, so uh, who are my options for like a swing tackle, like right around $3 million a year? Because I need to sign a guy who can, because now right. I have Armstead and Shell. So I want a guy I feel comfortable starting
0: at left or right tackle for a couple games if necessary. All right. We got Jermaine Affetti. No. We can get him for like six and a half a year. Uh, we can get. Uh, you can try to sign forty year old Jason Peters. That's a joke. Don't do that. Um, you can get. Uh, what about like Mike, Mike Remmers? Mike Remmers, yeah, that's what I was saying. You can get him for like three, because he could play.
2: Uh, he could play both tackle spots, and he could play guard if you need to. I feel like that flexibility would be
0: really good for us. He's not very good, but he's not very bad either. Okay, so you want Mike Remmers for one three. Okay. Um, all right. So you're down to 12, Eric's still rocking 24. You've, you've made a big investment in the tackle position, Kevin. Why do you, why do you think the Seahawks should go this route uh, with a big investment in tackle? Uh, so I
2: think, uh, with a restructure of Russell Wilson and with, um, kind of an aging core, what we need are two things. We need a piano. Um, That is getting bumped. And then we Uh, also need. (laughs) I I hit the arm on my microphone. It
0: makes a weird noise. It It does. does. It It does. It's
2: like like a piano got dropped. It was very great. Um, (laughs) So what we need is a. uh, Is an investment. That is going to stretch over that time. And I feel like Toronto Armstead. Is going to be effective over that period of three to four seasons. I think that also. With Armstead and shell. That pushes back. Kind of the critical window for tackle and would allow us to spend some day two picks to take some guys that are maybe developmental or some back end of round one with a new group of coaches and maybe some new eyes figuring those out because we have not been able to draft and develop offensive tackle talent. We need to create a stopgap, but it can't be a low-level stopgap. It has to be a stopgap of players that are like starting caliber. Like if we couldn't get... Um, Cause I feel like 20 million is the most we could really dedicate to those positions. Maybe like 21 or 22. If we ended up whiffing on Brown and Armstead, cause they got too much money for that. I think we would still need to get like, um, Cam Robinson or like, so we need to sign somebody else for like in that, like 12 to 16 million range. Cause we just need to buy ourselves a few years to address the position. And I don't want to address it with a second or third round rookie that has to be able to start.
0: Okay, Eric. You said you wanted to look at like maybe a couple more uh, affordable options. Yes. So can I? So can I? Start this is where you it gets off. hard. Like, uh, Eric, we have a. Can I? A, a lunch pair. can I? Can I interest you in uh, the heaviest player in the NFL? <laughs> you no, know, I that's do a great, like I do like washing machines. That's a great. That's a great start, right? I mean, can I interest you in offensive tackle <laughs> Trent Brown, New England Patriots? He does pick up nagging injuries, but he is excellent when he is on the field. Two years, $10 million a year. Get the biggest guy, the, the heaviest player in the NFL.
1: How much is Trent Brown going to cost me total again? I'm sorry you just said it. Two
0: two years, two, 20, million, two $20 $10 million a year.
1: I mean, he's 26 he's six years foot,
0: old. He's six foot eight, three 360, 28 years old. Like, just an absolute unit. <laughs>
2: Afterwards, we could draft Daniel Paul Lele in the second or third round, who's equally big, and then they could just be big together.
0: His most recent tweet is, can always count on Django Unchained on Netflix. Well, there you go. Well,
1: (laughs) now you're just pulling at the heartstrings. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I, I had that in the back pocket if you you
1: wavered. You know what? This is the contract I'm looking for. And this is, if anything, I'm looking for a stopgap until we draft someone with talent that can take over. Because I don't. I mean, this think, guy has.
0: This guy has talent. There's no doubt you know, about I it. I don't think
1: we're going to find like this. This next stalwart for years, you know, unless it's via trade. Um, I don't. I don't want to pay a guy twenty million a year unless we would absolutely have to. Uh, I. I think this is probably the move we're making. And if it's not, this would you rather? Guy, someone here's the
0: thing. Very similar. This is the exact same contract I offered you for Dwayne Brown. So, I know that, but he's also you, ten years younger than Dwayne Brown
1: that's so, the thing is, yeah, So the youth matters to you the, yeah the...
0: absolutely it does okay yeah i just want i just wanted to make, make sure i, I remember on the page there. okay so kevin then, how,
1: are, how are trent brown's feet uh large no like he's the rest
2: good
0: of him trent brown is good like just trent watch brown him play is football. really good i, yeah. I know no, he's good i thing just thing he want he does to know. Does have Kevin's left tackle opinion. and right tackle
2: okay. flexibility okay which he, i know that uh nathan would also like and so between him and brandon shell we might get one full healthy season of a tackle
0: right and then you're probably going to have to fill the other position with either rookie play or something like that, or the, 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 uh, the empty snaps. But if Trent Brown plays a full season, you're basically paying $10 million for someone who's, you know, 75%. If he misses good, two games that aren't going to playoffs, the I'm okay with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The best tackle, the best tackle available. He's very good. All right, let's look at interior offensive linemen, starting with centers. There's a few interesting names here. Uh, Ryan Jensen and Ben Jones, I think are the two centers that really stand out. Um, Ryan Jensen, you you can't afford him anymore, Kevin. <laughs> you could afford America's three th- three thirty nine for age thirty one. You also could go Ben Jones for three twenty. Uh, do these guys interest you, or do you guys do you guys think that this is a position that we should probably try to improve through the draft? This for me is a draft position. Um, Kevin, are you are you interested in a uh, ben, uh, ben Jones, or do you, are you drafting a, a center here?
2: So I think that Ben Jones is a really good fit. Um, I actually think Ben Jones is as valuable to us as Ryan Jensen is because of the kind of scheme fit on,
0: um, like a guy who's really good in his own blocking scheme. Uh, Jensen, Jensen is more scheme neutral. Like Ben Jones, you have to be playing zone. Otherwise he's going to be bad,
2: but we're playing zone. So, um, he offers us basically the same level of play. So I'm pretty happy with that. The problem is I, so sorry, my voice is killing me. (laughs)
0: You can uh, you can hit um, that you can hit you can, can hit that hit the, that water bottle, hit, the uh, hit the piano hit that like I did bottle. that's <laughs> it <laughs> the piano. Uh,
2: so uh, what I'm gonna so what I need to do is I need to address this position because I don't like going into the draft needing to draft a starter because that's how you end up putting yourself in like a difficult situation um, that's how you you're end up go, drafting some you're getting one bad of, guys
0: you're getting one of the bad guys aren't you you're gonna get like Austin Blythe or uh, Austin uh, Reader you're gonna get I'm one spending of
2: the four million on Matt Paredes um because like i feel like matt brady's offers us a really stable like c-minus at center and if i got super, an a at tackle then i think a c-minus at center is enough
0: it's super generous to matt Paradise, Paradis, and I, I like that he's okay he's fine he's a starter he he can make some good plays but uh yeah, it's he's like it's like a crafty veteran kind of thing. Like, yeah, he's I would not... get
2: like him, and then maybe like if I can pay like Austin Blythe like a mil and a half, I would probably get him to be the backup. Or you're drafting a backup. Like, I want someone to challenge Matt predies and offer, um, kind of an alternative if for some reason he finishes falling apart. But usually, centers can play into their mid 30s.
0: Now, I didn't make you guys save any money for rookies because I figured the Seahawks will just invent cap room to do that. Yeah, um, because that's how that's how it works. The ca- the salary cap is kind of a joke. So, all right, Eric, you're sitting at 14 million, uh, Kevin, you're sitting at eight. Uh, what are you, the Seahawks still have a lot of needs. Cornerback, uh, is a minor need, although you guys both did both re sign DJ Reed, uh, maybe edge rusher is someone where you could bring in some depth. Maybe you guys want to bring in a D tackle, especially you, Kevin, who didn't bring back Al Woods, uh, so what position, what position do you want? Let's start with you, Eric, because you have more money and it's more exciting. <laughs> okay. what, what position do you want to start at? Is there, is there something that stands out? Do you want to blow most of your rest of your money and kind of fill up through the draft? Or are you going to try to break into a couple positions? What's your plan here? $14 million a year. That seems like
1: the Seahawks have approximately $4.5 <laughs> to spend on a player that...
0: That is, oh, so you, maybe you want to go get to you, something? You want to go get some budget defensive ends? Is that what you're saying? Uh,
1: I don't, I would like to see what's out there because I'm looking at it like this is a fun exercise, but what are the Seahawks really going to do? And I'm, so I'm trying to keep it realistic. The Seahawks are not going to spend 15, 14 million. They're not going to, they're not going to blow their wad on what's available. They're so going you could to go p- pick up budget moves from here.
0: You could go pick Melvin Ingram up for at 1 yes. 8. Uh, you could go pick up uh, Justin Houston at one seven. You can go get a Jerry Hughes at one seven. You can go get uh, Jason Pierre Paul at one seven. What's our, our D tackles look like available? Uh, okay, um, these yeah, guys are all interesting fine. dudes. Because uh, that's D-tackle. where I think we might be interior looking. defenders. You can go get uh, Akeem Hicks two two nine. Uh, mm. He's he's he spent most of the last three years injured. You can go get Clayce Campbell for one eight. He's thirty five. Wow, Clis uh, Campbell get... aged quickly. Sorry, I'm going to open my water bottle. By the way, he's still so good, but he he's... aged gracefully, though too. Yeah, he's still so good, but <laughs> yes, he's he's definitely getting up there. Uh, you can go get Folarinso Fatu Kasi, who is a you know he's like he's like a run guy. He's like a not. He'd be like having a second Al Woods. I'd like to get some pressure in the middle. I'm not looking
1: for any more Washington. So you want
0: you want a late a late down. You want a not early down. I want a guy who can uh, do both,
1: but can give us some
0: pressure. I don't need a guy to play every snap, obviously, okay. but
1: someone who can provide a, a little bit of both. More so on Sheldon the other Richard- side.
0: Do you want to go back and get Sheldon Richardson again? Oh, I do. I absolutely okay. do. All right. You can have Sheldon Richardson apparently for 1-3. <laughs> yes, uh, that's realistic. Sign him up.
1: This is getting I more, think that is, more fantasy. It's not
0: It's not, uh, It's not. not super unrealistic. Kevin, do you also want Sheldon Richardson at 1-3? Uh, that is who I had targeted because he can take snaps at both nose and three-tech.
2: Because he could provide a little pass rush if you want to use him that way. Um and it gives me flexibility in who I'm drafting for my interior defensive lineman. Um there are other interesting players here. Daquan Jones, Tim Settle. Uh Naughty. Derek Naughty can play nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, Maurice Hurst could provide pass rush. Could try to um, could but try he also to also get that from everywhere. Could try to get Natam Kong Su to finally play a season in, in the Pacific Northwest for one five. Interested in that. Either you guys? Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna
2: take Sheldon Richardson and his flexibility um and familiarity with the system and call it a day.
1: I'm
0: there All right. as well. Eric, you still have eleven million dollars. Do you wanna go back to the uh the edge guys and see if there's someone yeah. you want there yeah. or do you I want mean, to I'm, different I'm, position?
1: I'm willing to go up to seven and a half, eight million left in my budget okay. to sit on. So here's
0: here's what you got. You got Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, Jerry Hughes, uh Jason Pierre Paul, Uchena Nuosa, uh Arden Key, Dante Fowler Jr. Man, Dante Fowler, he was like so hot three years ago, and now yep. just uh, no sounds one like cares. A then he stopped playing right next to Aaron Donald. You can you can have Jacob Martin. Mm. Actually, I actually think uh, that's a really
2: good fit for this before moving
0: to uh, Tack McKinley. Also, I think would be a good fit. Well, he's like, right. he's a very developmental player at this point. That's um, I would say throw in uh, maybe just
1: one of the last two guys because. You can have both of them for seven million. Uh, I, I can't blow it all, Nathan. I'm I'm only have like three, four million left.
0: You have eleven million.
1: Yeah, but in the Pete Carroll world and John oh, Schneider oh, yeah. world, I have about four million left max. Oh, yeah. you
0: you want to keep five million? I'm being I'm being totally realistic gap? here.
1: Yeah, you have to keep something back there for bonuses for you know we're going to pick up Jimmy Graham when he's good again
0: and he wants to play here. You know, some weird move. Right. It's all it right, is Jacob, always good to keep a budget. Jacob Martin. Jacob Martin. Come back home. Two years, six million dollars. Eric has signed you okay. to a to a sweetheart deal. There, uh, Kevin, you want you in on that, or you want to go in a different direction? You no, got I got going a different direction. Okay, what do you what do you want to do with your last uh, five million dollars here?
2: Okay, so I, as I said, um, I'm coming into the offseason. I have a few position groups that I feel like I need to target. Um, in order to have a complete roster and a complete roster that I feel good about going into next season. And that,
0: and that is very Seahawks to want to go into the draft with close to a complete roster. And That's... so I'm seeing a
2: few different options here. Um, I got my left tackle and my swing tackle figured out. I've got center solved. I've got um, a rotational interior defensive lineman, and we always draft one too. So I feel like um, I've got the bodies necessary there. I want to address slot cornerback because I want to bring the floor up above where Ugo amadi has been. And I don't think at this point we can really um, count on uh, uh, Marquise being able to come in and give us good snaps. Um, Marquise Blair might be a safety in the new system. He might be, we don't know. And right, so, so you, I want to Callahan.
0: You're getting Bryce Callahan, aren't you?
2: Um, well, I'm looking at it and there's some really good options here because we have Bryce Callahan or Chris Harris or Joe Hayden um, are all
0: options like they're right around five or six. They're, well. li- they're letting you get Chris Harris for uh, dude, he had a trash there. season. I don't care. Like <laughs> I don't, it, it could be so bad. I'd still Chris Harris I would take is Chris, the, Harris. Chris Harris is the most underrated player uh, of the last like tw- 20 years. Like he's so, he peak Chris Harris was so good and no one gives him like any credit, he—he's the guy. He should have been on the like. People are like asking me, like, who would you replace uh, Patrick Peterson with on the All Decade team? Because you know, I was like, it's inexplicable that he's on the team. And like, Chris Harris would have been a, a great choice for from twenty eleven from twenty eleven to twenty eighteen. He was probably the second best corner in the league. So yeah, I mean, so, yes, he has fallen off a bit, but
2: I'm taking whichever one you find more believable of Bryce Callahan or Chris Harris. Um, to take that corner spot because at this point i think there's two things we want someone who can play um really good snaps at slot corner but we also want someone who uh if we feel it necessary can play outside corner as well because we don't know like dj reed was really healthy in college but now has an injury history in the nfl so i want a guy where If our most comfortable thing is moving Callahan or Harris to the outside, I know they can hold down that job. Or does bless Austin with another year in the system get a little better? Or, you know, because John Reed could come in and play slot and Callahan or Harris could slip outside. Or we can draft for either the slot or the outside corner position. So again, I feel like that gives me more flexibility going into the end of my offseason
0: by having a Callahan or a Harris that I can trust to play inside or outside. Can I sales pitch you a guy, Eric, for a slot corner other than Chris Harris that's cheaper and I think fits the system yeah, really well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, De- Desmond King, hundred oh, yeah. percent was on my yeah. list. Desmond I agree. De- Desmond King fits the system super well. Uh, doesn't he? Probably can't play outside in our system, but like just really fits what we want a slot cornerback to do. Was really excellent when he was with Bradley Gus Bradley in the in the system, and then suffered when he left it. But you know, coming back from Houston to uh, to the system that fits his skills better, only age twenty seven. I think Desmond King is like a really good thing. and they say that they think he will get signed for one two and a half, which is I think absurd value in terms of projected contract.
1: Absolutely, it would be. Um, so, yes, sign him up,
0: and then I'm done. Okay. in championship in hand, we'll see. Yeah, you have five million dollars left, so so you're you're like right in the uh, the Seahawks range of keeping a little bit of money to uh, to do it so we'll what I'll do is I'll um, I'll throw together some de- finished depth charts here and put them uh, put them on the, uh, the the discord so people can take a look Eric you are you have you five million left you're ready for that flexible veteran trade move or and, uh, just Kevin, you're going to have to invent some cap space, but uh, you know, cap space is a lie. And I do think the Seahawks are moving in a direction. We saw it last year with Void Years where they want to be the team that is more aggressive using their cap. They recognize Russell Wilson's 33. He's probably got about five years of top, top top-level quarterback play left, and we need to start capitalizing on it.
2: Uh, I think another thing to consider is we do have a few people on our roster um, along the defensive line, like Carlos Dunlap couldn't find a job in Cincinnati because of the switch to more of more of a three, four multiple type system.
0: Yeah. Everyone wants the the defenses are changing. Um, We're going to see, we're going to see teams drop eight next year, which is something that like five years ago, no one was doing right. But like teams are going to line up in a three, four and drop eight. And like, that's just, that's just what's going to happen because the offenses keep spreading it out. They keep spreading the spreading, the, the game out more and more and more and I just think that that's the, that's the natural reaction to it, right? Is to have looks where you drop a ton of guys into coverage sometimes. And that does change what the guys on the defensive line need to look like and do. We're going to see more edge defenders like Aiden Hutchinson gain value because they can play, you know, that interior defensive end in the 3-4, in the right? Whereas guys like Kayvon Thibodeau are going to, they're going to play on the outside more and going to need to cover some, which is going to be uh, a change it's a change it's a change in what def- uh, defenses are trying to do but it's a reaction to what the offense is doing right and that's kind of the cat and mouse game that makes football uh, yep. so great so all right any uh, any thoughts before we head over to the uh the uh the money zone and everything
2: um, a million but i have an entire offseason mm-hmm. to talk about them
0: um <laughs> but did you, did you was there any guys i didn't mention or positions kevin that you had kind of in mind or you i mean you spent all the money so
2: i uh, i had <laughs> the only other position group that i would be looking at was um like a move tight end, but I feel like that's one where I either want to give $4 million to OJ Howard or I want to find it in the draft. Um, or you can, can get give... Disley for dirt cheap. And then we have Disley and uh, um, Parkinson moving forward. Yeah, which is get, of a a,
0: get Parkinson a shot to win that job. I think because that is what he his skill set. That's why I like the, drafting a dude because challenging him with a drafted player feels very different than challenge. Like spend a fourth round pick on a dude who can run a little bit. And Eric and Eric signed Everett, so that was never a concern for, for him, but uh less of a concern, I think. And big yeah, game all right. except for one Everett. <laughs> all right, he had a big game. It was just for the yes. other teams. Oh. <laughs> all right, let's get let's get into it. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best day to do so, had best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest, and for as little as a dollar twenty-four a month, join the uh, the Discord. Talk to us uh, on the daily. Be be our be our friend, won't you? <laughs> for thank you to all the people who are hanging out in the Discord supporting us, the you? show. Um, it's we got Andy, Brett, to it all for the Tucci, Flocktimus, Greta, James. Oh, post your wordles too. Jos, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Blake, Washington Fist Quest, the greatest YouTube channel of all time. Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Leon, Michelle. Michelle, Michael, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick. Okay, here we go. Uh, so the Batman comes out this Friday. All right, I the want Batman. to get your dun, I want to get your guys' hype dun, hype meters. Dun, dun. Uh, scale of one to ten. Eric, how are you feeling about the Batman? Twenty seven. Twenty seven out of ten. <laughs> I'm I'm Whoa, just okay, so excited. Okay, what what makes it a twenty seven? Why is the hype so high? I love it's Batman. Like, I love the
1: Batman. And honestly, I'm just a huge Batman the ba-
0: fan. The, Bat- the Batman's, Eric. The Batman's. The Batman's. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I love Batman. I always have. I thought he was super cool. Um, I was really excited for the Ben Affleck Batman until it started getting closer to the release, and then I was like, something about this just don't, doesn't seem right.
0: Don't worry, we'll have time to talk about it in a minute. Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> I just really like the suit, but I mean, I I love the Burton movies when they came out. I still I still recognize them from what for what they are, and I enjoy them. I was disappointed with the Val Kilmer Batman, but still watched it. Absolutely hated George Clooney Batman. Don't,
0: at, don't worry. We're going to go over all of these in detail. Of course we will. And then the Chris <laughs> Nolan movies
1: brought Batman back to where Batman should be. And that's at the top. I mean, Batman. let's face it. The the Dark yep. Knight is the only superhero movie to basically say, hey, Marvel, why don't you just chill out and take a break and let me take over for a little bit? And, that's,
0: that's the thing is like Batman was pretty bad mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And then. And then it got, and then it got, it got, it got good. At least you know, the animated got, series was really good, while the movies
1: were bad. Absolutely, but this, that's true. Rob Pattinson has a, uh, and I, I should. It's also what Matt Reeves, I'm um, putting together what I would say is a, a what I want in my Batman, a so let's more start realistic, with, grounded role that
0: is still start comics with ba- based. Let's start with Matt Reeves. Okay, Kevin, uh, I'm gonna go to you. Kevin, Matt Reeves is uh, the director of the uh, the. Very popular new Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, what did you What did you think of those films? And how do you feel like that kind of? Do you feel like that's a great... Eric obviously thinks it's a great fit for Batman. Do you uh, Do you agree? Is that a great fit for the Batman?
2: I haven't seen his Planet of the Apes films.
0: You have not seen those movies. I have Too not much monkey business, movies. Kevin. Oh, whoa. Um, we got it. Okay, this is a different. Kind of
2: fall into my gap of watching movies. So this is kind of I a, a need new to see podcast. All three of them. They are on my list of movies to watch. <laughs> new podcast. Um, but I did see Cloverfield. And I have seen some of the things that like he stated, I do think he's a good fit for the feel of a Gotham city environment. And for that reason, I think he's a really interesting choice for the movie.
0: Okay. So Eric, you've seen these, these uh, the Matt Reeves, uh, planet of the apes. Yeah, stuff, right?
1: How many were there? Were there two or
0: three? There's three. three, but the one of them is directed by, um, okay. Cause I have by Rupert, by Rupert Wyatt. That was who, the last one. No, it was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think See, it's. The I don't. I haven't seen one. all of them, so it's maybe the I've only one. seen the Matt Reeves. So Matt Reeves did Dawn and War, and actually, the, the thing I is, is, I think those movies got better as the as the um, as the series went on. I think the last one was the best one, the War for the yep. Planet of the Apes. I enjoyed it. Um, it was very very good, and Andy Serkis rules in those movies as uh, a Caesar, the the main ape whatever and the last one's got uh woody harrelson as the colonel yeah real real villain role yeah he's awesome in that movie and then uh steve zahn as the bad the bad guy ape i don't know i feel like um i think his name is just bad ape in the credits (laughs) (laughs) but um it's just a it's a the thing that's cool is that like that you're right it's okay i guess i'll do this because i've seen in these movies it's a if you want like a grittier, like grounded Batman who that feels r- realistic and uh, and in the real world, then Matt Reeves is the perfect choice, and these movies really show why. Um, he he really just crushed it in both of those movies. It, they're big budget action movies, right? Which is what Batman's going to be. Yep. Um, before prior to him making Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, he'd done uh, Let Me In and Cloverfield, which are more like low budge uh, kind of he used a lot of tricks to make those movies kind of rise above what I think people would have expected. I and think real, both those movies... real
1: quick. Uh, let me in is the American remake to let the right one in let the mm-hmm. right one in is far superior, but let me in is a fine movie uh, that just had to hold to the American standards.
0: So here, the one. and I, I will saw... also
2: say for Cloverfield, um, it is low budget. It does an excellent job of giving an action movie feel. And like you said, they have to do a lot of tricks to make it work and everything. But um, it tells me that he knows how to kind of bring a city to life because New York City feels very alive in that movie.
0: Uh, let me into the, the the remake. I saw it before I saw it. And I'll say that it definitely made it so that I... Liked it better. (laughs) I think people who saw him in the reverse order probably would feel the way you do, Eric. Um, so okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna do though is we're gonna go through the Batman live action movies. So sorry, fans of uh, the Killing Joke movie. I don't know why you like that movie. Uh, or (laughs) or uh, Mask of the Phantasm, actually good. Or Lego Batman, actually good. We're not gonna talk about those those movies. We're gonna go through the live action Batman movies one by one. We're just gonna give you know like two to three sentences. Uh, we're just going to give our our gut feeling about them, uh, our memory. So we'll start. We'll go from worst to first, according to Rotten Tomatoes rating. Number fourteen, Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven. Um, I'm just going to say bat nipples, and uh, that's it. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of what do you think of Batman and Robin? Um, Ear muffs.
2: Uh, <laughs> this is a great example of twelve pounds of shit in an eight pound bag. Um. <laughs> That's my review of the movie. There's just too much stuff trying to go into one movie. Poor lot. Uh, <clears throat> would
1: you like my my, my review? yes, now? Go yeah, yes it's, please, it's please, please. It's awful trash. Please, it's <laughs> awful trash. Why would you try and remake the campy Batman when Adam West did it so well? When no one, also no one wanted it, despite Joel Schumacher's. Uh, I uh, I received so many letters with parents telling me I just want a Batman for my kids. How dare you! And how dare you, parents and your kids? How dare you, <laughs> imaginary kids, that said this? Um, yeah, that's that's my thought.
0: It's awful. It's trash. Um, so the, th- the Ice the Age. Sorry. Uh, there's a there's a popular fan theory now that this is a mo- this is a movie about like Batman struggling with his inner homosexuality, and that makes the movie good. <laughs> so I- I'm going to say underrated. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's performance but art. When he pulls out the Batman credit card, I mean I almost just want to turn the movie off. Is that or is that Batman forever? <laughs> no, They're that's the same movie. That's the problem. It's it's Batman and Robin. Okay, cuz I say like, Batman and Robin, I felt like they just they they took the corniness factor of Batman forever and then they were just like, "Well, people liked that that part, so let's just make it even more corny." You know, and it's like, "Oh, oh no. Congratulations, you on. built the cake out of frosting. Good for you." Oh no. All right. Second worst according to uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating, Batman and versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh Eric, start with you. What'd, you. what'd you think of Batman v. Superman? Is this the second worst one? I mean it might be I know what
1: they were trying to do in this movie. I didn't like it. As a movie, it seems very much like it's it's not a movie. It's not a film. It just doesn't make sense. They rush everything. I don't want my Batman killing anyone. I know that's highly realistic, but it's the world of superheroes. So I'm gonna take that. That's what I love about Batman is he doesn't kill. And this Batman's like, yeah, I'm just gonna kill everyone. So why Why did you have to go in with guns blazing? Why don't you just nuke them from orbit? Like it's just stupid. Don't like it.
0: CGI overload. This is like too much CGI, man. Like you cannot put this much CGI in a movie and it will look bad. And the suit looks good, but Alfred
1: does look fat in the suit. Like his, his fat is pushed forward. Um, There's a clip online of like the warehouse fight. That's the thing is, he's probably he's
0: probably an awesome shape in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. But but it's like because there's no way that he didn't go on like a steroid regimen and get shredded to play Batman. And then it's just like he still looks bad in the in the suit. Yep. It's people say that um, that, you know, the ultimate edition is better. I don't want to have to watch a four hour movie for the movie to be good. Make it a miniseries if that's the case. There you go. Zack Snyder. Like. Learn how learn how to deal with the format that you are given. There are lots of good TV shows that involve superheroes. We all, I watched one P- Peacemaker recently that I loved. Thought Peacemaker's great. I think what Marvel is doing with their Disney Plus shows. I've watched all of those. I think they're very fun. Although there's I have quibbles with um, with some of the choices they're making, but I think that the overall they're doing a great job. They understand the format. If you want to make a four hour thing, that's cool. Either make it two movies. Like Infinity War or whatever, they all of those movies are are really pushing that to that or or uh, making a miniseries. Make it an HBO Max miniseries. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with watching four one hour episodes and splitting it up. That's fine. That's that's great. But like the whole like oh you got to watch it with the the Zack Snyder Ultimate Edition, which we'll get to in a second because they're gonna this is, yeah. he's, he's coming up again in a minute. Uh, is is a joke to me? It's a joke. Like yes. I agree. Zack Snyder's justice league is better than justice league by a lot, but it's also like not really a movie. And in, in the case that it's like four hours, like I got it. I had, I had to split it up into multiple watchings. I couldn't watch it all in one sitting. Like that's to me, that's, that's tough. So anyway, all right. These Kevin, are you have, to
2: be long sentences.
0: Do you have Don of just Ass in a <laughs> uh, comment?
2: All right. First of all, I was going to ask if you're going to use your tagline. I'm glad you did. Um, so then what I will say is uh, that, um, this movie is very poorly written and Zack Snyder is if Michael Bay was more pretentious and
0: this movie summarizes and that. and liked CGI more than practical effects. Yeah. Okay. Batman forever 1995. Uh, it's, it's Batman and Robin, but less corny. So it's, it's all right. Uh, Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey's Joker is certainly doing a thing. Ethan. Kevin, Kevin,
2: um, if uh Batman and Robin is 12 pounds in an eight pound
1: bag, this is eight pounds in an eight pound bag that's that's pretty accurate um (laughs) the the utter buffoonery in this movie it's just too much for me the the beginning when the when two-face has you know tries to trap batman in this safe in this safe full of boiling acid how do i know that it's because the guard is doing the exposition (laughs)
0: Ah, help oh boiling acid
1: it's like i remember (laughs) i was like 19 and i was like Oh no! This isn't gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, um... let's
2: contrast that to the beginning of the Dark Knight, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: uh,
0: Ju- Justice League twenty seventeen. Uh, uh, this movie not, should be low on the exact... list.
1: The end. Uh, yeah, I would honestly, I would switch. I would I would put this where Batman Dawn of Justice Superman movie was
0: and <laughs> Batman forever super done. Yeah, done move, of justice. move
1: the other like move them up so just You think it Lee. you think
0: it's worse than Batman forever? Yeah, as far as a
1: Batman movie goes, yeah. I mean, uh, he, what I th- he's wearing like a suit that doesn't why, look like Batman's. That,
0: why is the action in this movie so chaotically like it's so hard to tell what's going on even. I don't I don't know. I don't like no. That the, uh, the, hue, the like color temperature movie, of the movie is awful. Uh, what I like about this movie is um, because they,
2: uh, this is the one where they had to have, uh, Joss Whedon come in to finish it, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. So I, I really like the fact that we got the worst parts of Zack Snyder and the worst parts of Joss Whedon.
0: Yes. Uh, right. good job by you. All right. Uh, coming up next, Batman 1989. This, well, these next two movies, fine. These next, next two movies are basically tied, by the way. They have like basically the same rating. Uh, Batman 1989, I think it's, it's cool. It was like a, it was like an early superhero movie that really, um, pushed in a different direction but jack nicholson's joker is jack nicholson it's not it's like two jack nicholson he he's not he's not joker he's jack nicholson playing the joker which is both the best <laughs> and worst part of the movie does that make sense yeah i love Ke- i love keaton's batman i think it's cool that they set up uh they set up uh Colt 45 to be harvey dent um i think those are all neat choices but like this uh yeah, the the Jack Nicholson Joker does not do it for me personally. Uh, I, I, I like
1: this movie because when it came out, that was my first bat hype. Like you know, it was I think it was the summer of sixth grade, and I was, yeah. You're
0: gonna say you're in probably middle school when this came out. Yeah, I was
1: like right. I was going into seventh grade, and I was just so jacked for this movie, and it didn't disappoint. Uh, looking mm-hmm. back, yeah, uh, Jack Nicholson is to Jack Nicholson, but he also is. Is, he's a fine joker. It's it, He's he's not as good as Heath Ledger, but I think he's probably the second best we've got ever. Um, and that's, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll give Joaquin, I'll give Joaquin the second best um, actually. But uh, yeah, I, I like this movie and I like it better than Returns, better than, uh, more than you guys do. I know you love, you guys love Returns.
0: I don't what to say I love it, but I like it better than 89. Okay. I don't know, I have
2: 89 uh, as a three and a half and I have Returns as a three. Ah, oh, okay. Uh okay. returns I... is too Tim Burton for
1: me. That's my whole problem. Maybe th- that's my problem too, Kevin. Maybe I just thought lumped you. In that's and okay. Nathan's that's we'll together. get to
0: it. We'll get to it in a second because that's two still three away. Uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League came in in a virtual tie with eighty nine on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. My comment is uh yeah, it, it's better than the regular Justice League, and it's a watchable fine movie. <laughs> the, the end. <laughs> You guys yeah. got any
1: more to add to that? I'm still bumping that down. I'll bump the other ones ahead of that, but that's it.
2: Uh, my review of Zack Snyder's Justice League is I spent 120 minutes watching a bad movie. I'm not going to spend 242 minutes watching a longer version of the same bad movie. It's
0: not, I, it's so different. I cannot I express care. to you how different it is though. The fans, the fans who willed this into existence that really wanted Zack Snyder's Justice League, I mean, I'll admit a defeat somewhat because I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. Um, I think that the I'm not a fan of him. It's it's a but this is a better bad movie for sure. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. All right, here we go. We're coming in at number I think this is uh, five. I think we're at five. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. Coming in at number five. Batman, 1966. What a great spot for this. This <laughs>
1: this is Batman from the 60s when it was a very cartoony, campy comic. Uh, don't don't look back at this and be like, well, this sucks Stux, like Batman. Okay, they were trying to be campy, and then Adam West, if you didn't know this, is a comedian. He wants to be the funniest guy in the room. And so he would change little things on the script, or he would say, uh, can, I, can I try it this way in the script? And within, like, two episodes, he was just kind of taking over the show and trying to make it as bizarre and as stupid as possible. And job well done. I... I love this show, I love this movie for its own reasons. Put it as the 5th best, go for it. Eh, maybe maybe put it as 5th or 6th best.
0: Uh I would say, you know, Walla Walla's finest, Adam West really representing in this movie. This movie is like it's camp perfected. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I got to say. Uh, he went to like Whitman College too, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's a local guy. We got to we got support all right, Kevin. Uh, do you have any uh, sixty-six Batman thoughts?
2: Uh yeah, I'd put it a half point higher if they had Earth a Kid as Catwoman instead of Lee Merriweather.
0: <laughs> okay. That's fair. I think Pierce <laughs> from Pierce from uh, community would agree with you. Okay, uh Batman Returns, nineteen ninety two coming in at fourth. Um, and I just think the casting in this movie rules. Uh Danny DeVito's like perfect as Penguin. Uh, I really like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I love uh, Christopher Walken playing Christopher Walken. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> in this movie, but, but it's like the correct casting because it's like not like in a, I don't know. Is Max Shrek like some comic guy that I, that I should know about, Eric? Uh,
1: no, but what is, I did watch this around Christmas because it's a Christmas movie and I wanted to rewatch all the Batman movies this last year, so mm-hmm. I did. And uh, <laughs> we always credit, you know, people are always doing Christopher Walken impersonations. The original Christopher Walken impersonator is the guy who plays his son in the movie.
0: Because
1: <laughs> yes. the, the penguin comes to like, kidnap Mac Shrek's son. And he's like, no, take take me instead. And then it's the guy just goes, dad, no. And I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy's amazing. I think actually that's the guy who played Zangief in Street Fighter, if my, if my memory serves. So uh, hats off to that guy. So uh, this movie's fine. It's very good. Like Kevin said, the casting is right on. Uh, as far as Tim Burton's world, I kind of wanted to see more of Tim Burton's world, just to see what would what it would have been. But yeah, this movie's very enjoyable. And uh, uh, Keaton's Batman, really good stuff.
0: All right, I looked up the, the guy who played Chip Chip Shrek. Um, he played <laughs> Chip. He played, no. <laughs> <laughs> Chip Chip no no. Uh, he played uh, oh, gee, he Chip. played Butterfinger and Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Played uh, Patrick right. Madman Have Kelly in it? any in any given Sunday, oh. and of course his best role Halloran in the Rollerball remake. So wow, there you go. did he play Zangief? No, damn, he was oh. in the Street Fighter movie. What was he? I'm looking at his uh, filmography. No, it's just some guy who looks like him. Uh, yeah, Andrew Brniarski. Oh, it, if it's like a non-speaking role, then they don't put it on Rotten Tomatoes. I think so. I'm looking oh. at a different website. Maybe he did play uh, He Zangief. played Zangief. You there are you correct. Oh, go, yeah. Got there. In a non, is, oh, yeah. He's in like Scooby-Doo in a, he, he's, playing he a he henchman. He like oh, he was
2: in Necessary
0: Roughness, the uh, iconic yes. football movie. Yes, 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 he was. He also was in Street Fighter the Movie, the video game, which um, <laughs> is, it's just like my favorite name of a video game. Yeah. Street Fighter the Movie, the video <laughs> the game. Video, the it's, movie, that, the game that game sucks, by the way. Uh, anyone who says otherwise is, uh, is lying to you. Andrew
2: so, Binyarski. Way to do it. Make an entire career out of playing a generic bad guy or a generic football guy or Christopher Watkins. Or a generic
1: Walken. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next coming in in third place, Batman Begins. You know, hold on Uh, a second. I'm giving a half star back just for Andrew. He's great. I'm telling you, this movie is like it's it's solid. It's a really it's a it's a good solid uh it, I just, experience. I just have a low Burton tolerance. And so yes. that's I my problem. Have, I have a medium Burton tolerance. So yeah, when it gets to high Burton, like with like the, the scissor hands or stuff like I'm like out. But 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 when it gets to medium Burton, like this or the Charlie and the Chocolate. He Fest was Game Big Adventure movie, is his best movie. He was Big Adventure, yeah. Okay. Batman begins coming in at third with an eighty four percent tomato meter. Okay, I, I I wanna frame this discussion this way. Is this movie better or worse than The Dark Knight Rises, which came in at eighty-seven percent at number three? So I'm going to get way. out
2: on the corner of better. I want to get far out on that corner. Okay, you like it better.
0: All right,
1: Eric, what about you? I think I like it better because Dark Knight Rises is the culmination and it ends it all. And you need to provide a good ending as its own movie. Uh, you know, there's some things like there's one cut scene in the movie that is something like fifteen seconds long, where Lucius Fox talks about the the bomb, we'll get this, I'm sorry, I'm jumping movies, but where he says something about um, you know, the 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 bomb will have no nuclear fallout, and they cut that out, so this big plot hole in the movie is explained in this one 12 second cutscene they took out, but Batman Begins, so this is a movie that uh, Warner Brothers leaked the script online to let the nerds uh, kind of, hey are you going to be okay with this movie, nerds? And it's it's real similar to what we got. Like only lines are changed. Like the scenes don't change at all. Um, just like some of the dialogue changes. So um, I was all in on this movie. I read the script um, except for like the very end. Cause I, I was like, okay, I don't want to spoil the very end, but I'll read the rest of the whole script. And this movie is awesome. I mean, it brought Batman back to us. It brought his training in kind of like, who is this guy? It's, you know, we all know his parents were killed, but what happened then? Um it brought in a lot of villains you'd never seen on the big screen before. And
0: for that reason, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's be let's be honest. Um, this movie is the reason we have like so many superhero movies yes. now. Yep. Batman begins. Um Marvel reacquires the rights to Iron Man in two thousand and five, right? And bef- before that, like, yeah, there's Iron Man stuff kind of in development and stuff like that, but Paramount Paramount gets serious about making it, and then they signed Favreau in April two thousand six, and it's a response to this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is what gave superhero movies permission to, you know, show grounded, serious takes for superhero movies and get away from the kind of camp that infested the space before that. Not that campiness is bad, but like, and maybe maybe Spider Man and Spider Man two and Spider Man three, but I think Spider Man kind of exists in his own universe because that character is so popular. Spider-Man and X, then
2: the X-Men movies were proof of concept that you could make money off of it. I feel like the Batman, Batman Begins was proof of concept that like a legitimate good
0: director could come in and make a legitimate good movie. Yeah. You could make like a serious like, like film movie out of uh, superhero stuff, which is what MCU did and what future Batman movies uh, did. And I think that um yeah and then we saw the peak let's get to the last movie the dark Knight. the dark Knight is when uh i think superhero movies peaked period i mean this that i i don't know if i'll ever feel as strongly about a superhero movie as i will about this one but movies are trying they're trying they're getting close you know what i mean every so every once in a while someone hits a mark that's getting close to this but this movie is uh doesn't just stand up as a superhero movie just stands up as a film period uh it's it's really really great stuff uh and yeah. Um, it's the pinnacle and there's a there's a division
1: between fans of like Marvel and DC and you know with the Avengers and the new Spider-Man that came out both times are like do you think you know this should probably be in the running for best picture and you always laugh and you're like no it shouldn't but the Dark Knight should have. And yeah. I well, can end it on that.
0: I think a lot of people think that the reason they expanded uh, the Batman yes. once again having some influence here is the reason they expanded to 10 movies was because like people are like this movie getting snubbed from from Academy Awards uh, yep. nomination was was kind of a, a big deal to people because not only was it super successful financially, right, made a billion dollars at the box office, but also like I think most people agreed like Ledger Ledger's Joker was was really really good and this movie was just an excellent superhero film, just you an also, excellent you film. You also had
2: Here. Kane, Goldman or uh, Gary Oldman, uh, Christian Bale. Morgan Freeman uh, like, even like Maggie Daggers. Gyllenhaal you have Daggers. a really really strong cast um, doing really interesting things like that's the hallmark of a great movie
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I mean like if you think that Slumdog Millionaire is a better movie than this I would like to have a conversation with you <laughs> you'll be in a self forever well I think because I enjoyed Slumdog Millionaire but like no one's talking about Slumdog Millionaire in 2022 and people are definitely thinking about the Dark Knight right now in the build up to the yep. the, the, bat, the Batman, and uh, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. And if you think The Reader was a better nomination, then I also uh. would like to have a conversation about that. So <laughs> for for Eric for Kevin, uh, we will guys see you guys next week. Go Hawks.